0: Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, or who are committed to planetary purpose. My name is Julian Guderlein, and in today's episode, I'm also an interview with Nadav Wilf, who is a spiritual entrepreneur. He has built and sold two startups in the online advertising space. After his last sale, he then realized that that wasn't fulfilling, which took him on to a journey to find passion and what he calls passion pivot. And so in the run of that journey, Nadav uh, joined Peter Diamandis, founder of the XPRIZE Foundation, as the chief possibility officer and partner in HeroX, X, a platform of incentive prizes. So for several years, he's worked with bringing together the world's greatest minds to solve the world's greatest challenges and has focused on helping CEOs and their teams connect to their own alignment and life balance. And so now he also has created a community and learning space called the Imiloa Institute and um, Nadav focuses all of his creations on abundance and exponential technologies as well as spiritual practices. So with these words, I'm stoked to have you on the show. Welcome Nadav. Happy to be here. Yeah, Yeah, you've had so much experience in like next level exponential solutions and I'm really excited for for that conversation today. Um, I know we just talked about exponential climate solutions and let's jump right in there because I feel like the topic of climate really allows a lot of people to awaken into awareness that yeah. we have an impact onto this world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can a lot of things come to mind. I think climate really shows us what oneness is, right? And in, in, in the manifested world because the are all connected right and, and we say we're all connected but then sometimes visually that can be challenging to see or, or in interactions that you have and, and and sometimes we are able to see it right We say okay i thought about someone and they reached out to me or or you know i, I ran into them on the street i think with climate we really see that cycle and that connectedness where you know whatever we do um, is impacting ourselves, impacting other people. And that impact can be both very positive or uh, potentially negative, you know, depending on where you are. So that's something that when I, when I started getting more connected back, connected to nature, as I was, when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, I was just running around. I mean, probably like a lot of us, you know, just kind of, you had to pull me out of out of the canyon and, and kind of out of the dirt, I lost that for a while. But then later on in life, I got reconnected. And it really reconnected me to myself and and to the world and and to my purpose.
0: I love that. I definitely played in the mud a lot as a kid. <laughs> and I feel like this is really an understanding that when I'm out in nature now and I come back to my desk or like, you know, my to-dos or whatever you want to call it, a lot of the, the anxiety with which we build this world doesn't resonate when I'm actually spending expended time in the forest. Yeah. It's almost like my inner child is screaming. And I know that that goes for a lot of people. And so um, that was a great guidance into oneness in, a, in an actual way, because I feel like it is a very esoteric and abstract topic for a lot of people. Uh, maybe not for all of us, but, but in that sense, you know, it, we are all on this green blue planet together. And so, what are we doing out of it? how are we creating livable spaces and learning spaces so so tell us more about like exponential solutions uh, in that regards to climate like now that we kind of get that context of oneness um
1: yeah yeah i think uh you know every every uh solution comes with a problem right by by nature of of the definition of the world's word solution so i'd like to talk about that first because before we started creating and making changes nature was just interacting right and it was on on cycles and 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 even now i mean if 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 we don't find some solutions to what we perceive as problems it's not necessarily a problem for for the oneness and for nature and that's a whole you know another topic around who we are energetically and, and who we are in our bodies and and all that but totally but there's an ecological balance that, yeah. that is observable yeah. yeah and what we do on a day-to-day basis makes an impact and so the impact in regards to fashion right so the clothing that we buy generally speaking a very high percentage in the 90 something percent is not ecologically viable right so fashion and clothing actually represents 10% of greenhouse emissions it's very pollutive and it's unfortunate because we look so good wearing it right like you're you're looking good right now you have you have a cool hat on you have a cool you know t-shirt on Um, i could say the same about myself and it's something that we really are able to express ourselves with however the use of fashion is really challenging for the environment especially at the level it's at and we can get into the solutions around that. Um, you know, transportation, we all know about fossil fuels mm. and the level of CO2 there. I believe that's about, um, well, I don't know the exact percentage of something that can be looked up, but it's, you know, there, there's an impact to that.
0: Yeah, fashion, transportation. What comes to mind is like uh, food, right? Food consumption.
1: Yeah, food is massive, right? I mean, yeah. if you look at, I think it's something like 16% of, Of greenhouse emissions come from animal agriculture and not only greenhouse emissions, but
0: the amount of runoff, the amount of,
1: uh, you know, feces that are created through animal agriculture, the amount of antibiotics and chemicals and things like that that are used, the amount of land that's raised to produce animals. It's staggering. And there's also... Uh, transportation, which I said, yeah, renewable energy, right? Like just just the energy from from our homes and the energy that we're using. Uh, a large percentage of it is coal-fired, especially in the developing world. And it's it's just unfortunate, right? Because we're not trying to do bad things. We're not, yeah. you know, humans in general, we're not trying to ruin the earth. We're just, people came up with ideas and they, they may or may not have thought about the impact on the world or it may have been you know, something that wasn't at the top of their mind at that time.
0: Yeah. I think like almost that's exactly the time we're in now, right? Is that we're for the first time ever collectively we're we're starting to think about the impacts that our things, our creations, our ideas truly have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because there's extreme heat, you know, there's extreme cold and like the same month and, and the same season, we have, you know, record-breaking heat in the summer and even in October, mm-hmm. and now we have record-breaking cold in on the East Coast in a lot of parts of the United States. And I, and I think, you know, you go on vacation to Tulum or Thailand and these places, and you're seeing the impact of, of climate change, you're seeing the impact of the ecological devastation And in, 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 in regards to, you know, there's seaweed all over... The beach isn't which you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're if you're an animal, but if you're a human and you want to chill there, it is. There's plastic, you know, all over the beaches that, that's coming from from Asia, right? And it's just something that is starting to be much more in our faces and much more unavoidable, which is a you know is a curse, but it's also a blessing because humans are incredibly innovative, right? Just like what we've done to create this challenge, we can find the solutions to do that. And the good news is, is that what we have that's market ready is able to make a difference and actually make a shift. It's how much funding and how fast can we move it into a momentum where the sustainable, regenerative, renewable, you know, all the buzzwords move at a faster pace and larger magnitude than the current technology and, and, and products and things like that, that are devastating the planet and really impacting us, right? And so we have all types of renewable energy, right? We have, we have solar, which is the, the, the price of solar has plummeted. And in many aspects, it's cheaper than, than coal. Now yeah. uh, I've invested in a company called Synova power. And you can mm-hmm. check them out at synovapower.com. They it's S Y N O V A power. And they turn trash into net positive renewable energy. So as a lot of people know, there's challenges with the amount of garbage we have and we used to ship it to, to Asia. And then, you know, they're, they're basically saying, okay, no, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. And these plants are able to take all the trash and gasify it, pull out the toxins and actually produce clean renewable energy. And four more plants have now are now being built in California and they'll be ready by 2021. And just to give you, you know, an idea is, you know, this is something that I invested $125,000 in a couple of years ago. And based on the linear track, that it will be it's, it's you know it's it's an exponential technology in regards to how much trash can be impacted and the amount mm. of energy that's impacted but from that $125,000 in the next 7 years that should be worth $9 million just my stake so the reason i'm saying that and sharing those numbers is, you know, not that people will come to me and say, okay, you got you to gotta buy, buy drinks at the bar now for everybody. But <laughs> it's just how much opportunity there is yeah. investing in these spaces. So that's, you know, those are some solutions. There's solutions around, you know, yesterday I was with my friend Gil from Pontifax Ad Tech and they've invested in businesses that, for example, are using organic pheromones that are replicated um, from pests, and they, they get those pests not to be able to mate with each other. And it's actually completely replacing pesticides, right? Because pesticides are so damaging and pollutive. My friend, my friend Roger Leonhard, who is the founder of BlueHorizon.com, which is a plant-based food VC, they've invested in so many companies that are essentially replaced, they're they're coming right into the supply chain of of food and of meat, and essentially just creating these plant-based meat alternatives or ways to produce meat from stem cells in labs, which some people, you know, shudder at. But if you do, I would, you know, really take a look at how the meat that you're eating is being produced and 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 what goes into it. And and, and likely, and I'm not saying this to scare people or gross anyone out, but just just how dirty and how yeah, totally much bad energy you know is created and in, in producing that meat, but the stem cell meat essentially is exactly, it's, it, it's real animal meat just without the cruelty, and using all, all these solutions use 90% or more, less land, less water, and they actually are cheaper, so really within about 30 years, animal agriculture will just go bankrupt, right, and that's good news, because people can still eat what they want to be eating, and you know, whether it's actual animal proteins, or Plant-based alternatives, without all the you know, fucking of the world, and yeah. creating these things. So there's lots of different solutions. I mean, I could go on and on. I think no,
0: of course, yeah. I'm just I find it fascinating the way you guided us into this topic because it's um, simply in the way you speak and share. You know, it 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 takes a topic that is very polarizing yeah. and a topic that is very um, triggering to a lot of people. Uh, out of the polarized space into just like, I feel like leading from the heart almost, you know, it's like we as humans don't have negative intentions necessarily. Um, We might just have really stuck ways of operating and, and you're touching across like all the different global goals of the SDG agenda, right? Like there's like responsible consumption and production. Like, yeah, maybe genetic engineering is scary to people, but at the same time there, there is a place where it is value aligned with uh, us being part of the ecology at large. Right. Very, very interesting to see also what's what's possible in, in investing into into those solutions. So, if if we look deeper into climate solutions in that sense, like what what do you think? You know, if we were to go to the year twenty thirty right now, and as we're recording this, we're seeing at the end of twenty nineteen, right? Do you think we actually stand a chance to to successfully achieve a transition of timeline into you know a world that is maybe largely healed would be a good way to put it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, we're, we're in that space. And so that's the attitude that needs to be created and anything's possible. And things have been getting thing, you know, we have exponential technologies and, and essentially what that means is the rate of increase, you know, more than, more than doubles each time. And so not only is, are we making progress, but we're making progress exponentially faster, right? There's the two aspects there. So, in 2030, right, there's there's lots of different possibilities. There's a possibility of complete devastation and lots of suffering, you know, many, many people dying, um, you know, not, our, our children or, you know, grandchildren or, or little brothers and sisters or us or, or whoever not really having the type of opportunity to, to interact with nature. And, and even, you know, I mean, there's just, there's just lots of different possibilities in that. And I'm just, I'm just sharing that because it's not what I'm focused on and, and believe in, but just the reality of it is there is a possibility of mass migration wars because of, you know, displaced people that aren't able to live where they want to live. And then the whole spectrum all the way to, we found the solutions, right? We're literally carbon neutral. You know, the world is carbon neutral. Uh, not only that, carbon's being sucked out of the atmosphere, yeah, and and used for for great purposes. There's, you know, plastic has been completely replaced by materials that are um, just regenerative, right? And there's companies like Polymateria, yeah there's uh companies like uh Repurpose, which is an amazing one that that's grown very fast that you know already already producing these so on that end you know on the, on the climate side there there's a there's a wide range of possibilities and everything in between i think I think that that i'm focused on being positive and and moving money into those solutions and 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 I think the good news is is that consumers, because of the impact, because when you go on vacation, you see plastic because of the news, because of all these things, consumers are really wanting to see that difference. And when the power of capitalism reduces the cost of these solutions to equal or less than what we're already using, there's that power there. So that, that one, I think is big. The other thing I want to touch on is really emotional intelligence and just that Amount of consciousness, awareness, and different aspects here that are coming into people's day to day, right? Like all, all these applications that help you meditate, and people doing breath work, and yoga, and conscious festivals, and just lots of different personal development. I mean, this stuff has been around since the beginning of of humans you know and, and and even in animals and things like that, I think the world is waking up and wanting these types of experiences
0: yeah it seems to like merge timelines with actually innovative business that is based on values right because when we when we talk about all the, the the topics you just guided us into I feel like um, I have a question that's percolating right there. It's like, do you believe we kind of like quotation marks, you need to amend capitalism to a value-based capitalism, whereas maybe like people, planet, and then profit?
1: Um, you know, I'll say I'll say yes to that. And capitalism, it works, mm-hmm. uh, right? And, and so just like it's put us in the situation we're in, it can put us in a situation we want as long as um yeah, follows those those guidelines, right? And I think you don't even you don't even really need people to want to improve the planet and, and, and make a difference with capitalism. I, I think I think genuinely everyone in the world does want to. Mm. You just need the rules of capitalism to ensure that when a product that, that is making a difference, it's just cheaper than, than anything else. Right. And, and it yeah. spread. widespread. And then people who don't, whether people care about the planet or not, that product will proliferate, but definitely feels better. I think to, to care. And I, and I, and I genuinely think that people do care.
0: It feels better to care, but it's also an interesting transition in this conversation towards self-love in, in a way, because you know, all the little crap we've created, like if all the little plastic things in our in our life, in our world, they, they're not just trash on the collective level that ends up on beaches. They're also not really satisfying experiences, at least in my own individual cosmos, like you mentioned fashion. I definitely have moved in the last decade more and more to renewable and regenerative fashion, but I've also minimized, like I literally own yeah. this t-shirt four times yeah, and it's just a black t-shirt because it yeah. just simplifies my involvement with this. And I can focus my energy away from $9.99 purchases into yeah. what I care about, yeah. which actually for me is just a measure of my self love because I, I choose what I have time for. And I choose to connect with people that create, what they believe is valuable. Like, I I really want to, I want to segue into self-love because I know that's one of your like passion topics, you know, it's like developing that coherence inside.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, self-love is so key, right? It's just, it's just what, what feels good. And I think it comes back to, to the oneness, right? When you, when you feel self-love you're able to make a difference for yourself and make a difference for others and actually have, uh, you know, a talk that I do on this and a digital course now that I'm launching around self-love and and some of the key aspects of it are, you know, we are love. So actually able to be in the frequency of love and the heart electro magnetic component is actually 5,000 times stronger than the brain's magnetic field. And it can be detected several feet away from the body. So it's, that's part's really interesting. The, the other aspects are really focusing on incremental increases in self-love. And a lot of that is around forgiving ourselves and, and loving those parts of us. Like, okay, I have that little belly, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I can either resist that and feel bad about it, you know, I can, I can kind of look at it and, and with shame or look at it with frustration and, or I can um, love it and then release that resistance to it and then see it shift, right? It's kind of like, do you want to do things out of a place of fear or do you want to do things out of a place of love, right? And it's easy to have the idea of, of, of that little belly fat. And then I think loving ourselves enough to do what we love. Right to actually give ourselves the opportunity to to do what we love, mm. I think is really key, and then communicating from a place of love, right? And actually creating, co-creating, and communicating from a place of love, and then from that is really the two gold mines and kind of the treasure is you know, actually seeing the best in myself and seeing the best in others. So those aspects are are really key. And what I've seen in, in the social impact space is that people really want to make a difference and people are focused on outwardly making a shift. And I think that's really key. And what can increase our ability to do that is loving ourselves first. And, and you know, if anything, just it just feels better. Just feels better to. It feels simpler, right? Yeah. just feels better to come from that place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely an evolving incremental experience. Um, On my personal side of things, I feel like there are, there are places where, you know, I feel like self love is, is clear and I'm strong and communicating that with, with, with love and space. And then there are moments in life where it almost feels like, wow, I'm still dealing with that. Like, how is that even, how's that even a thing? Uh, and I need relationships like, like my, my partner or my family or my friends or my community to, to be with me in that or hold me in that. And classically, I would say that's not necessarily the society most people grew up in. So that's like also a big social experiment at this point of our journey is like creating the structures, the places, the mechanisms, and also the, I'll use the word propaganda for it. Now, yeah. I, I always think of Will Smith. He has this one video, he, you know, he recently found YouTube as like, another way of creative outlet for himself. And he has this video where he talks about discipline and that self-love equals discipline in his words, you know, because when you're disciplined and showing up and you're, you're, you're showing up for yourself, you'll create a feeling of, well, maybe pride is not the right feeling, but like a feeling of integrity there that will make you just like, just respect yourself truly. And then it's easy to be that person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, just with like with, with Will Smith that you're saying, you know, going on YouTube and stuff, I think he's experimenting, right? And I, and one, one of the things that I, I love to, to say is that we are all a beautiful experiment, right? And when we look at ourselves as an experiment, we can lose that concern of failure, looking bad or making a mistake. And in that comes authenticity and I and I think that's that's what he has that people love about him
0: yeah and also something you touched on earlier is like the willingness to choose optimism right the willingness to be a beacon and the willingness to be a leader who doesn't need to spread a bad mood even though bad moods might be part of the journey right it's like when I'm in a bad mood uh, usually the first thing I make sure is that I don't spill this over into everyone else yeah. You know, and then I'm in whichever way I can deal with it. I'll deal with it. You know, it could be creative, could be athletic, could be journaling, could be meditation, but, but it's like I'm committed to spreading it. Not just a good vibe, I would say, but uh, almost like my best self to the world, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think even sharing that you're in a bad mood, right? It, it's like <laughs> yeah. just looking at that and and, and I, I get what you're saying is like bringing awareness to it. So you don't, um, miss you, you don't put it on other people in a misaligned way. Mm. However, sometimes just sharing like, Hey, I'm, I'm in a bad mood right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling so great. And a lot of times that, you know, brings people closer together. So I think, I think it's, uh, yeah. And loving ourselves, forgiving ourselves even when we're in that place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, tell us more about Imeloa and how not just self love, but all of these topics we just talked about. How creating spaces in which we can learn, in which we can converge, in which we can like, you know, create incubators. How creating those spaces really changes the the surface of, of the earth in the sense of like, you know, exponential and also continuous learning uh, cycles that people are in.
1: Yeah, I think that. People want places to feel at home in their transformation, right? That, that's really what MLO Institute is about. Is, is it, and just to give some context, it's in Costa Rica. It's on 22 acres, which I'm going to guess is, is 10 hectares for you know, anyone that, that doesn't use acres. Uh, 17 eco-suites, and it's drug and alcohol-free plant-based Ayurvedic food and really built on a culture of love, right? And what we wanted to do is create a place for people to, to come in and transform. And it's been interesting, you know, it's been interesting the energy that it's able to hold, right? People come in there having something that they want to shift and it is able to hold that that space and and what we've seen is that just in a year and a half kind of anytime we're just starting to see it all over the world we're starting to see it mentioned all over the world and somebody asks about a retreat center you know we're 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 tagged and this is you know we're just we're tagged in the comments on Facebook multiple times and we're getting lots of referrals and and things like that i think that the more community spaces there are like this, because what I'm going to say about it is just in Maloa obviously is, is is not enough. It holds 45 people. Hmm. I'm from a mindset of, you know, the more of these, the merrier. And we're we're looking to create them all around the world, but the more that we can create the better and that go on a retreat. The people are listening to this, you know, go, go on, (laughs) go to a place that has teachers, you know, whether it's um, Kupalo, you know, Center or Omega in the US, you know, places in Sedona, if you go to Costa Rica, obviously check out MLO Institute. But I think more and more people are, are looking to bridge that online and person to person community. And there, there's lots of great places to do this and lots of great organizations to do that with.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for pointing out the others. I'm, I'm curious about you. I mean, I have, I've not been at Emilioa myself yet. Lots of, lots of community that that goes there or hosts there and just came back from Multiversity here in California this weekend where, you know, another great spot 1440. Um, the reason why I'm so curious about that Nadav is because one of my questions that I, I often ask and I I like, um, it kind of segues into, into that naturally. Um, is like if you could single-handedly change the education system in the world or with a team, what would you change about the education system? And the reason why I'm matching them is because Imiloa for me is that on an adult level almost, you
1: know, like a progression of it. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, the the, the main things that I would do is have emotional intelligence be taught. Mm. Right. I think, I think just that, that idea of, of whatever you want to call it, you know, it's spirituality, Understanding our brain patterns, understanding the chemicals that go through our brain, getting connected to energetics and, and physics in the context of of the quantum field. I mean, we're we're so close to that, but I think it's it's around leadership communication. I mean, there's all these different ways to name it. So that's one I think is is important, and I think also the uh, energetics of money, right? Because we don't get taught that. So those ones I think are are really really key. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if there's anything wrong with the, physic, the physical structure of education, right? I think going to school is great. I think it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I had a great time in school, even though yeah, same. It was Challenging. I think it's just the curriculum, and I think the other thing is understanding, really understanding what are people's gifts and hmm. and embracing failing
0: on that side, right? Like I feel like just like looking for a gift, teaching EQ, like emotional intelligence and teaching money skills. It's failing on all these things for sure, the current old school system. But it's interesting that you say that because I also enjoyed going to school. I even enjoyed going to university in terms of having a place where my friends and peers would be to grow. That felt really good. Yeah. But it was just like not integrated at all into the multifaceted, um, yeah diversity that just makes us the social animals we are
1: yeah yeah totally and and i think uh there are a lot of there there's a lot of great models for for school you know i think i think the the number one thing is is bringing that the aspect of of emotional intelligence and, and, and love into it you know but but I, I I do think that there's a lot of great models for schools and i, and I think just modeling them I feel like it's the same with with all these different climate solutions and technologies there we already have the solutions there that's the beauty of it we already have everything there it's just um expanding it so yeah nice
0: for in your in your own words what is required to trust for you
1: I think it's like with anything; it's it's getting in that vibration, right? So, so actually, like right now, I I got. I I closed my eyes. I I I said the word, and 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 kind of looked at what it what it looks like, what it means, what's my relationship to it, right? Do I feel trusting? Do I not? And what I know is that it it comes down to believing in it and, and, and practicing it, practicing it in, in the moment with people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 having the courage to go for something and and trust that everything will be all right. You know, it will be good, depending on what, whether I end up being successful or not. Uh And, one of the things that really showed me trust was, was, uh, how to trust is, is ayahuasca, you know, and I, I went all the way down to Peru and and, and did ayahuasca there. And, um, I went into places that, you know, again, it's it's imagined. So I mean, for anyone who's, who's done it, they understand if you don't, if you haven't done it, you're going into a dream state. And that, that dream Mm -hmm. is just very vivid and, uh feels very real and it's and it you know really takes you it can take you to beautiful places it can take you to scary places i mean you're you're in a safe place always uh and i went into situations like i went into the holocaust with my grandfather experienced that i came out was purging a lot that was kind of maybe for an hour of of being in the holocaust came out was purging then came out of my body as a peruvian King warrior walking with the jaguar, and then you know going to war with the Spanish, right? Like having these different experiences, and what it enabled me to do is really just just have an aspect of trust in regards to the world and stuff. And that's um, I think that's also really important as an entrepreneur. You know, I think as an entrepreneur we don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, as as opposed to maybe more security in in being an employee of of let's say a a profitable company right and and nothing was ever guaranteed but as an entrepreneur you know sometimes you don't know how you're going to pay stuff the next day right and so that aspect is is really key and and trust is such a such an important part of it and it's kind of like trust maybe is being able to feel good about the future and I think that's you know it's just
0: important so hmm. trust is being able to feel good towards the future that was an, a, a really incredible share thank, thank you for all of that I, I very much enjoyed the the visual uh take into your ayahuasca journey as well yeah yeah and that i'll just let that stand as you said it um <laughs> i have two more questions for you Nadav and, and one is a little bit more on the on the grounded earthly side like if you have three favorite places on planet earth right now what, which ones would that be
1: well, I think firstly, uh, I always focus on, on being home in the moment. So, you know, when I started, I, I was nomadic for six years. People were like, well, where's home? And I said, in the moment, here with you. Uh, I think that, you know, one is definitely Costa Rica. I just love being in the jungles of Costa Rica and, and just seeing, seeing all the animals and the energy there. And, and I'll share a quick story about it. I was getting, doing, doing body work and massage with, uh, this amazing guy, Jonathan, and, and basically you're breathing, you're deep breathing the entire time. And I was so high from the breathing and I'm feeling all of nature and all these monkeys came and they're, they're kind of there with us and the energy watching the massage go down. And yeah, that's a really beautiful thing. I think that uh, I love Tel Aviv. You know, that that's one of my favorite places in the world, just because I am Israeli and the amount of innovation and amazing nightlife and food and beaches and all this stuff is, is really an incredible thing and then you know the third i'm going to just leave for, for every everything else like wherever else like, <laughs> all right i guess that, that i did three because i said you know the first yeah because
0: you're already home in the moment so yeah. that is everything else
1: yeah exactly so, so
0: yeah i like that a lot
1: I, certainly my focus people say like where's your favorite place to i said well just Based on my mood, (laughs) mood, what I feel like doing, so.
0: My mood is my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Very much, man. It is based, based on the right now and here moment. Um, I get that question all the time. So where do you live? And the classical story might not always, always fit, but definitely Costa Rica is a place that has a vibrancy for me too, where I'm like, I can't even explain why this, this place is magical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of magical places and, I, and I, think, I think really it is that key is like feeling home within ourselves and then, you know, being connected to other people and feeling like they're part of our tribe, you know, so, yeah. So on that
0: note of part of our tribe, um, you know, this question is going to come at the end of the podcast. And so I, I asked it often, it's related to a seven generational way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the native, spe- um, native societies around the world really, no matter where are from, have this idea and this understanding of um, seven generations or beyond even. Even our DNA research now shows us we carry information from, from long ago. And so if we were to flip that into the future and mm-hmm. uh, in our sense-making, in our governing, in our you know, innovation, as we talked about, we, we take the, the seven-generational aspect into account for our children, future children, and, and just the future tribe of humanity. What comes up for you in regards to earth vision? Like what's the world that we either wanna build or leave or can create with and for the future generations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? I think people um, loving each other, connected, able to communicate in a way that allows for an infinite number of point of views co-creating and, and 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 being together um i think i'd love to see nature you know natural habitats really proliferating and even in cities the way that we build things and you know ha- having nature in mind like one of my visions is really to create buildings that feel like nature um that i think you know th- there, there are ones like that but I think that that's really amazing. And uh, people living their passions, right. And and the cost of living, right? like kind of just free energy, free transportation, all these things really being so cheap, which is happening. It's already happening. Like if you look at what we're able to do and the cost of that, it's reduced so much, how far we're able to travel in proportion to how much it costs us and how much we're able to eat in proportion to how much it costs us how fast you know the the level of computing speed in, re, in, in relation to how much it costs if you can get a computer for 300 dollars that would cost a billion dollars 30 years ago yeah right so or, or whatever like some some massive number like that so yeah just this ability for people to really live their passions in aligned way and do what they want that's that's my vision and uh whatever that looks like for different people you know, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, thank you. I love that answer. It's and I think that the key is
1: really focusing on being able to live that way now and not not waiting, right? So,
0: Yeah, the, the interesting thing about this question is that it's, it's so double-sided because one way is to take it and try to predict the future, but then the other way is what if we're embodying all this now and what are the ingenious ideas and notions that come available for passing on to the next generations as we're more present and more present step-by-step. Step. Yeah. Nadav, thank you so much for taking the time for this episode. Is there anything else you'd like to share right now? Any um, Anything you want to call attention to?
1: Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to, to you, you know, for doing this. And, and, and I think it's beautiful. I know you're creating 500 of these, so... I feel I feel happy to be lucky number 1 135 or what what did you say somewhere there yeah, yeah. somewhere I you know I've published like I think 120 now and
0: I've I have another 10 in there so like 131 maybe 133 somewhere there yeah
1: yeah and and also um I have a course on time creation and I'd love to you know do th- do two things one um you know gift all the listeners here a Part of it as a, as a workshop part. So on, on lifestyleperfected.co Co forward slash time creation uh, to reach there. And then uh, in addition, we're happy to make a code for a ten percent off code. You know, for for the course, and we can make that code green planet blue planet if anyone's interested. So
0: yeah cool. Let's do that, and I'll 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 drop it into. The show notes as well and and we can make sure people find the link. I love that time creation. That sounds very intriguing. Um, Yeah, it's for the next podcast. (laughs) Exactly. We'll go deeper just on how we create time and how Cronus and Kairos uh, are happening at the same time.
1: Yeah.
0: Wonderful, Nadav. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, lots of love.
0: That's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it, very much so, and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line, where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview, because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up, to amplify who you are, what's coming through you, and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you. And I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships. Because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, To the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation the topic of inside evolution and revolution and if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation or if you know someone who is totally ready for that make sure to check out the website or share the website and you can also always shoot me a message on instagram i'll definitely read it and get back to you because like guys this is real life let's be in touch and let's create this together Last but not least, there is a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected, because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in. Connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you, and until soon.